We're going to try to fix the Jacksonville Jaguars, both long and short term. I'll tell you what I think the team needs to concentrate on to get better in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, good people. Thank you and welcome for joining me, Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast and watching the Locked On Jaguars podcast. We're at your team every day and we thank you for making us your first listen. A quick reminder, we're free to subscribe to on our YouTube page. Make sure you hit Locked On Jaguars YouTube page, hit the like button, subscribe, and then hit the bell so you get notifications each and every time we drop an episode. And then wherever you listen to your audio podcast, uh, make sure you check us out there every single day so you don't miss an episode when we drop them. Today's show is sponsored by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Shout out to the Everydayers for joining us here every day, and you can be an Everydayer too if you join the show every single day. <clears throat> As DJ Cool once said, let me clear my throat because I've got some stuff here for you today. We're going to try to fix the Jacksonville Jaguars. What needs fixing? Before you fix any problem, you have to first realize that you have one and then you have to identify it and remove your ego. And you got to first make sure you're not the problem, right? And we're just going to take a wild guess and a stab at some things that we've seen and compare them to what it appears from the outside based on what it looks like other teams do very well that win okay over a long period of time we're going to talk about short-term changes things that they can probably change now to make it a little bit better this week coming up and maybe a little bit better the following week and maybe try to have some stuff going into the playoffs but then in the third segment we're going to look at long-term changes things that i believe the franchise needs to do differently in order to get her a different result first i'll tell you this i ain't never coached a team well, I did coach with some teams. I never coached a professional team, all right? This is all simply from observation. This is simply from reading and understanding what other people or other teams and other organizations have done that it seems uh, it seems like it escapes Jacksonville. <clears throat> so first, I try to put myself in the Doug Peterson's uh, shoes. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. In that Super Bowl, he scored over 40 points against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Uh, I think the score was like 42-36 or 43-39 to or whatever it was when they played the Patriots. I could probably look it up real quick since I'm bringing that up, and I will. But the point that I want to make about that is um, it's not like he forgot. It's not like he forgot how to play or how to coach football, offensive football, right? It's not like that was long ago, so long ago that that is outdated. It's 41-33, by the way, okay? So it ain't like they stopped nobody, but they did score 41 points in that game. So it even goes to the point that I want to make. I think Press Taylor was right there with him when he did it. They know what it looks like. They've seen it. 
Mike Caldwell was right there when the Bucks beat the, the Kansas City Chiefs. He's all he was the linebackers coach on the defense where it seems like nothing could go right for the Chiefs. I don't think they've forgotten how to coach football. It can appear that way. So when they when 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 Doug Peterson says, you know, it ain't on me, it ain't on press, it ain't on Mike, we can't tell them, we can't go out there and do it for them. That starts to lead me to thinking that either here's what's happening. Either you're doing a poor job communicating what you want. You're not making it clear that there will be dire circumstances or consequences for not doing things the right way. They're not listening. Or they hear you and they're just incapable of doing it. At some point, this is what it is. Or I forgot about this one. Maybe what you're telling them doesn't work. Okay. So if I got coaches that have coached to teams to Super Bowl championships and participated, I think what they're telling them is probably something that could work. Right. I think what they're saying is probably some of the things that they picked up along the way when they were on those teams that won those games. I think what they're telling them is probably the same thing they told them in the winning streak down the stretch last year and the one that started this season. Everyone who told me Trevor Lawrence wasn't very good and the Jaguars aren't really that good are not understanding the fact that they won seven out of their last nine and then they won eight of their first 11. Right? So they won seven out of the last nine last year. So that's seven and two down the stretch, right? And then they won eight of 11. So that's eight and three. That's 15 and five over a 20 game. If you want to look at last year, the beginning of this season, are we thinking that these coaches in the NFL could bat 75% in the NFL by not knowing what to tell players? I don't think so. I don't think so. So the message isn't necessarily broken, right? At some point, the guys just stop playing the way that winners play. It's not the message. Maybe it's the way that you deliver it. And I'm going to tell you why. So these are the short-term things. We're going to get into the short-term things first. And here's my point. The point is, is this is what you've heard this year. Two games into the season or three games into the season. You heard Christian Kirk say we need to get away. You need to get away from Jacksonville. Context is is, is king. And I don't know if that's a quote, but I'm paraphrasing that they need to get away for a while. You, you had... Somebody say something about um, the communication on defense during one of the, I think it was the Cincinnati game on Monday night. And they said, well, the crowd was loud. That's a home game. I've never in my life heard the home team complaining about crowd noise or even using it as a reason or an excuse to not be good. Then it's, you heard it's like, we don't even practice. And then you heard the coach say, They just do things that they're not supposed to be doing right now. So at some point that tells me that if I'm, I'm I'm just going to deduct the fact that the message is probably okay. How the message is being said that bothers me because you hear guys making excuses. That stuff, in my opinion, needs to stop. It's fine when you're winning. 
and it wasn't fine because we all talked about it and i did here on the locked on jaguars podcast but when you're losing i think it just really magnifies stuff that was there even though you were winning but eventually it led to you start losing and that is the attitude that these guys have it's like where's the line of thinking i i I just sit and you know i love the you know it it was always the jags and all of these slogans and duval and we're playing for the city and a buddy of mine told me they need to stop saying they're playing for each other they need to play for the city and the fans the first time i hear an athlete say that i know it's over because while you're in that building, you need to play. You need to play for each other. I think fans want them to play for each other, and that that means being prepared. That means being a pro. That means taking the taking the coaching. That means doing all the things that's required for you to transfer your efforts from practice onto the playing field. And if you're practicing wrong, that needs to change. Doug Peterson needs to open up a nice little can of of uh, butt whoop and and start treating these guys differently. When people show you that they can't handle you being nice, you need to not be so nice. That's one of the short-term fixes. The short-term fixes is the message needs to change. And guys need to understand that you'll be playing somewhere else if you don't get it done. And we're going to find somebody else that can get it done. And it's, it's not as easy as the transfer portal is in college, but I think you have to try everything because being nice and everybody kumbaya and being real nice to each other and having all of this quote unquote culture. Well, none of that stuff works. Doesn't seem to work right now. Anyway, I'm going to talk more about this, more short term changes that need to happen, in my opinion, for the Jacksonville Jaguars to improve and get better. We'll do it just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. All right. Got to let you know about. The Game Time app, and that's one of our sponsors for today. Game Time does for you what most people say you should be doing for yourselves. That's right. Buying tickets to events early and making sure you got your seat secure and all of that stuff. Well, normally people say stuff like your lack of planning is not an emergency on my part, right? Uh, You'll hear none of that nonsense at Game Time because your lack of planning is exactly what they're there for. They're there to get you tickets when you didn't do it yourself. Whether because you didn't have the money or didn't know you was getting off of work, does not matter. Game time will take care of you and they won't give you a whole bunch of lip service making you feel bad. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code. Here you go. Locked on NFL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, running it down here on Locked on Jaguars, talking about what needs fixing from the Jaguars, short-term changes and long-term changes. Let me get back to something, okay? We were talking about the, the, you know, whether or not what they're asking the guys to do can work. I know you have to adjust uh, when you go from team to team, player to player, quarterback to quarterback. You got to build a game plan. You got to build the team up based on what you have, right? Um, and this is a different situation from Philadelphia. This is an entirely uh, different situation. Uh, the quarterback position is supposed to be better, right? Um the wide receiver position is at least as good. None of those guys going to the hall of fame that he had in Philly. The difference is the offensive line. 
So that's the biggest difference. That's on offense, at least. That's what the difference is to me, the offensive line. So I wonder when everybody is sitting here talking about coaching changes, are they sitting here just doing that because it's an easy thing to grab a hold to? Is that low-hanging fruit when you can say just change the coaches and everything will be all right? Well, if you change the coaches and Doug is still cool, let's just assume that you want coaches changed because uh, specifically Press Taylor. Let's just assume that that's what you want to change. That's who you want to change. Well, so that means Doug will bring somebody in that isn't necessarily an understudy of him. But if they're going to run Doug's offense and they're going to do it the way Doug wants to do it and Doug's not going to call the plays, then doesn't that mean that they're going to do the same thing? That even if they don't call a good play, that Doug is going to sit there with the headset on and he ain't going to stop it? That while the ebb and the flow of the game is going on, that Doug's going to sit there and not do anything and not intervene at all with press? That during the week when they come up with their game plan, that he's going to tell press, don't run those end arounds. Stop doing stuff behind the line of scrimmage. Why are you throwing the ball sideways? Maybe he won't say anything about that because maybe he knows the reason why they're doing that. Maybe he knows they can't block people. So when you can't block people, you got to run some misdirection in order to just get them thinking and start slowing them down. Maybe the ball comes out of Trevor's hands real quick because they know they can't block anybody, right? Maybe the longer he holds on to the football, the worse it gets because they ain't winning a whole bunch of 50-50 balls and it just gives the defensive line that much longer to whoop up on an offensive line uh, interior that can't block. You ever think that maybe they're doing the things the way that they're doing them because they know they don't have the the appropriate bullets in the gun to do it the way that we all probably think they should. When I'm trying to sit here and figure something out and I keep coming up with, wait a minute, they see the same things we're seeing. Why are they changing? Is it because they're stubborn? Do we honestly really believe that Doug Peterson is just trying to save the job of a friend of his when Doug didn't have to tell you who the play caller was in the first place and he could have gotten the blame for it all? What if Doug really doesn't believe that there's anything wrong with the plays being called, but the tape that they watch as soon as the game is over and probably all night in their minds. And by the way, they have coaches also that sit up in the press box during the game and they tell them exactly what it's almost like the coaches in the press box are like referees. They're not watching the game the way you and I are watching it. They're watching the game. They're watching unit by unit, player by player. And what if the relay is he ain't blocking him. He can't block him. He needs help. And what if they're talking about a specific player or two? Are we considering all of these things? Are we considering that maybe the players just aren't good enough? And maybe what you see is a reflection of the fact that they know that they're not good enough and they know that those other coaches know and those other coaches study all week and say, this is exactly what we're going to do. You know what we're going to do? We're going to line somebody up in a gap because Fortner can barely hike the ball, not to mention block somebody while he's hiking the ball at the same time. We're going to blow this whole thing up and we're going to blow it up in between the shortest distance between us and the quarterback. And that's right in his face, not from the edge. We're going to do it from right here. From right here in the middle. And his first look is this way. I think uh, Nick Bosa and those guys gave it all up. Everybody got so caught up and 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 got and had a self wedgie 
when they thought that what these guys were saying is that Trevor Lawrence can't read defenses, when really what they're saying is, no, just make him move faster. Go Make him go faster than he wants to go. Take that first read away from him, and by the time he gets to a second read, whop, he's getting hit. And the more we hit him, the more we hit him, pretty soon what he's going to do is, and this is what I mean by ruining Trevor, pretty soon what he's going to do is he's just going to stop being instinctive. He's going to start looking for that next hit. Or he's going to bail. Or he's not going to see that guy opening a flat on the other side. Because how many times have we watched tape and we saw that? So short-term changes could be to get rid of Press Taylor and Doug take over the play calling and and then say that they're going to uh, you know switch to a, an even front most of the time, just go to a four-man front, simple, simplify things, make your pass rushers, just rush the passer all the time and don't drop them into coverage. Um, put your best coverage team in and hope those guys can tackle and go sideline to sideline and then try to – Keep everybody fresh. Those are some of the things that they can probably do that will help them win this week and maybe even help them win in Tennessee to simplify things a little bit. But in the long in the long haul, they know that what they're doing is restricting their own team and their ability to make plays because they're trying to hide the fact that they don't have enough playmakers. If they did all of those things, would it make you feel better as a fan? If there was just a little bit of success? even knowing that they can never take that big step to get to the other success. Those are long-term changes. The long-term changes they have to make are ones that involve reshuffling the personnel department, start leading with something else other than a bunch of slogans and, and, and guys being nice to, to each other. Normally when that happens too, that, that means that the media is going to get less access or they're just not going to be as friendly. That's fine with me. I'd rather you be friendly uh, on Sundays uh, after the game when it's over, after you beat the hell out of somebody and the fans are happy so I can be friendly on these podcasts. I don't need I don't need the extra the extra access for me to come back and tell people that, yeah, they don't know what they're doing over there. I'd rather be in the dark about what you're doing and you're winning games. We're going to go with the long-term things. The long-term things I believe that this franchise should do. It's not very difficult. And it starts almost at the very top. And I'm going to tell you exactly what that is in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. Locked on has launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top stories of the day. Make sure you check out Locked on Sports Today and the 24-7 streaming service. All right, man, we're going to talk about prize picks. Prize picks is here for you, and I'm telling you, man, you better get on it because it is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. I'm telling you, man. I've been five points from the lead on these other platforms and have been had a thousand people in front of me. That won't happen with prize picks because it's just you and the machine. Either you get it right or you don't. Right. That's the way it should be. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL. All one word in lowercase for first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Go to prizepicks.com. I'll repeat slash locked on NFL and use the code locked on NFL in all lower cases for a first deposit match up to $100.
All right, third and final segment here on Locked On Jaguars. Make sure you tap into Locked On Sports today, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube is streaming. The first ever 24 streaming service on YouTube, and that is Locked On Jaguars. Um, Locked On to Locked On Sports today, rather, but Locked On Jaguars is included in that too. What long-term changes do I think the Jaguars need to make? At the end of this year, I think they need to restructure the front office. I said it three years ago. Get a senior vice president, petition the league. I believe that's what has to happen. They have to petition the league for a senior vice president of football operations, someone that can explain everything to Shia Khan on a daily basis and also keep an eye on the football team and make sure that everything is going smoothly. I would actually give Doug Peterson more power. I would give Doug Peterson more power by hiring a general manager of his choice, maybe someone he's worked with in the past or someone that he trusts or someone from an organization that understands how to build a team and how to work with a coach to build said team. I don't think the coach needs to be the end all and be all in the personnel department. But I, what I will say is I do believe that the coach ought to have a whole bunch of impact on who is brought in and, and who, um, who leaves. And I think the general manager ought to do his shopping based on what the coach thinks and what the coach says. But the general manager is also a guy who's smart enough to keep his eyes on the macro prize, the big prize. And that is, is how to build the team responsibly. That means you can have a salary cap specialist who can be the assistant GM, a guy that knows how to make the numbers crunch and how to say what you can and can't do for these players. So to give the coach an idea of exactly how he has to move about being uh, the head of the team in terms of getting that roster built. Now, those things are very, very nuanced and they're not as not as easy as we think, even though a lot of us, including myself, like to say that the salary cap isn't real. That's because teams find a way with either upfront cash, changing the cap figures, uh, making cuts or trades uh, pre or post June 1st. They know how to make the cap and maneuver the cap around and make sure that they're always under the salary cap. But even with that, if it doesn't come with some success at some point, you have to make sure that you're doing it irresponsibly. Nobody cares if you win. Right. And then you just have to pay the piper later. But to go through all of that and not win and not be successful is a very, very difficult thing for an organization to do. I would wait to extend Trevor Lawrence. It's year three. Wait till year four. Let me see another year under your rookie deal and let me make sure I think I'm right. I think you are the guy that we want to go into the future with. So let me wait and see another year. How about that? Go ahead and go out and play. Stop turning the ball over right now. He is, he is, he's, he's pushing to get put in James Winston category with how many turnovers, interceptions, and not only he didn't quite he didn't quite have the boneheaded ones that Jameis had, but on, on paper, the fumbles, it doesn't matter. Trevor Lawrence has fumbled the ball and turned the ball over more than any quarterback since he's been in the league. And that's a problem. We can look and point and blame all of the other things, including that offensive line that I talked about. We can do all of that stuff. Uh, it, but the bottom line is you have to protect the football. And that's what Doug Peterson says. When he says that, who do you think he's talking about? Who do you think he's talking about? At some point, here's the here's the thing about the, the long term changes. At some point, 
they're going to have to start doing things a little bit different and leading with things. So for a GM who goes by traits, one thing that's going around right now is that the Jaguars are soft offensively and defensively. So for a GM that goes and builds his team based on traits, that's size and speed, right? That's arm length. That's all of those things. You can't be labeled soft when your team is built on physical traits. That is almost an oxymoron. And if that happens, then that means you got a whole bunch of guys who look like Tarzan that play like Jane and they're soft on the inside. And that means they don't have the right mentality. They have to change that, especially in the trenches. You don't go out in one draft and draft Tank Biggs being Brenton Strange and say, OK, we're going to add an element, an element of toughness to our team not in one draft and one off season with just a few players. I want a team that is tough, not one that has to get tough with the addition. It's not like we're making a pot of gumbo and, oh, we're missing some tough. Let me just throw this tough in there and then that'll give us what we need. Well, no, because now you're forgetting whether or not they're good football players or not, or whether they're mentally tough or not. And I just think that they, we, we just need an entirely new start. And they need to draft guys. You don't have to go the Mike Mayock way. And what I mean by that is it seemed like when Mike Mayock ran the Oakland Raiders, what he did was just go out and draft a bunch of guys that could win bar fights. Well, the bottom line is that those guys were actually doing that kind of stuff, speeding in cars and hurting people and uh, posting guns on the, on the Internet. And, and they were doing everything except playing football, right? I need, I need a Baltimore Raven type team. They don't have to go get tough. It seems like everybody they pick has a tough gene in them already. I said the other night when I saw Baltimore beat the 49ers, everybody always talks about how 49ers are so tough. 49ers look like a team that took karate lessons their whole life. The Baltimore Ravens look like a team made up of guys who grew up at the karate house because their mom, dad, grandparents were instructors and they actually lived in a room in the back. It's like it's it's just who they're fighting is in them. That's what they are, right? We don't have to get tough. With, that's just who we are. They need to get tough guys. They need to get people that can move folks and people that are not easy for folks to move. And right now, they don't have that in the trenches. It is tried and true, man. We can talk about quarterbacks and skill position players and cover corners and, and eccentric personalities and all of that stuff. And we can talk about speed. But if you cannot block and tackle, if you can't do that better than your opponent, then most of the time you are going to find yourself on the losing end of football games. Later with the slogans, later with the long hair and talking about all of these beautiful things and talking about all of those nice little pieces and where somebody eats their dinner and what they're buying each other for Christmas. I just want tough guys that can block and tackle, bust each other in the mouth, that love football, that ain't going to sit here and blame Crowd noise or the fact that they need to get out of Jacksonville, Florida in the third week of the season worrying about stuff that ain't got nothing to do with that other guy that's punching them in the face. So what needs fixing? An attitude adjustment. That's what needs to be fixed. We need an attitude adjustment for the rest of this season and they need an attitude adjustment going into next season. That This ain't time for us to sit around and cook marshmallows. This is about football, which is a gladiator sport. And it's going to be won by guys that gladiate better than the other guy. And the only way you can do that is you got to go get guys that have that in them. And I don't think the Jaguars have enough people with that in them right now. So make sure you check out the Locked On Sports today. That's right. It is the first 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with 
the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today and on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, me and Julian Council, who works for Locked On Panthers, the Locked On Carolina Panthers show, we will do a crossover, and I will have that to you tomorrow, probably at like midnight, so it'll be there for you to enjoy. Enjoy this podcast and then look forward to the Locked On uh, the Thursday crossover show, and we'll have that for you on tomorrow here on Locked On Jaguars. Until then, take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.